yeah, at the end of all this, I'm going to show you a, a, a Funko Pop collection that is going to make your heart. Actually, the wow. funny thing is I was going to start with something lighthearted like your Funko Pops because I think I told you in passing, but did you know when this was a face-to-face podcast and not over Zoom, I would give every guest a Funko Pop? Oh, so does that mean, do I qualify? <laughs> oh, wait, you qualified <laughs> it by saying a face-to-face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. When it was a face-to-face, when I would actually invite them over, I'd give them the gift. I'd always do the blind box. I'll give you a blind box next time I see you. Uh, I have a okay. bag of them right here. You know, like, I, yeah, I'm ready I, to oh, go whenever. You went to the Funko store. You're, you're, you're serious. I, yeah. I Listen, I have way too many. I'm looking for storage to put them, put them away for a while. So that, um, so that uh, I'm, I'm actually crowding myself out of my space. You'll see that either mm-hmm. we can start, or we can that way. We can start that way, or we can end that way. Yeah, you show me pictures. It's it's in, it's kind of incredible. Is there is there one that you just value more than the others? Yeah, there's a few. There's a few that I really dig more than others because you know how I acquire them or where I got them. Or just some, I just think that are like just so clever, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, what's I'm your really, crown jewel? Really? I have two. One is Michonne from Walking Dead with her three, with her two pets. Okay. Because <laughs> I just thought that was, that was when I first sort of got into them when my friend in New York um, was telling me about it. And, and then the second one is uh, from the show True, True Blood. My friend, the dearly departed Nelson Ellis played Lafayette and that was that that was actually the first one I got and so I'm like oh I'll he was uh, he he had passed by that point I was like oh you know I'll just I'll get that in his memory so that's and he's also uh, in my book so that's yeah it's very similar to how I got my first Funko Pop is I used to deliver groceries and I used to deliver them to Lemmy from Motorhead and then he passed I saw him only two days Mm -hmm. before he passed like I was going there because even when you know when you're still that sick and you're on your bed, you still need groceries and you're not going to the store. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I mean, like I saw him go from eh, as healthy as he was to, to gone. And that, you know, it bummed me out. And my brother bought yeah. me the Lemmy Funko Pop and sent it to me in the mail. Didn't tell me anything. Just got it. Uh, and that was my first. Wait, did you say Lemmy? What are you saying? Yeah. Lemmy. L-E-M-M-Y. And where, where I'm sorry. Part He's from the band Motorhead. Ah, wow. Yeah. So yeah, so that's how it started. And I thought it was a really, and then it kind of got out of control, dude. And then people got me caught up in, you know, some of them, you know, the value. And then, and then, you know, the deeper you get into it, you mm-hmm. see their, their sticker whores out there. Yeah. <laughs> they just want the sticker. Um, I got a really cool Gomez and Morticia from uh, For Your Entertainment. I mean, it got to the yeah. point where I was waking up in the morning and like driving to Montebello. I'm like, this is... Mm-hmm insanity it's insanity but you know it's, it's fun and i'm you know we i haven't bought one in three or four months i even though i had salt and pepper on order i had Lil wayne on order because mm-hmm. <laughs> i now i'm like oh i'll just i think it'd be cool to collect the black ones i was i was yeah. reluctant to say that until about two weeks ago but i'm saying i was just going to say you know i'm going to co- collect the black ones but then of course then some of the other ones are really really cool and so i have a really huge um black collection of Funko Pops. Oh, How's great. the lighting? Is it bad? Is, can you see me? Well? I don't. I only use the audio, so it doesn't even matter. I can see you perfectly. Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, but what I was going to say with the sticker, sticker chasing, 
is now that there's a store one mile from my apartment, oh. the first time I went in there, there was there's all kinds of like the things like, oh, they have a hot topic exclusives here and yeah. like the yeah, yeah, yeah. And so right. then all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, I can't care about that. There are just too many. That's you right. You know, like That's I right. really That's right. And then they're also like, I'm Googling while I'm in the store. I'm like, what does that resell for? And you're like, $15. Yeah, it's yeah, only $10 yeah. here. Should I get it? And you're like, right. I can't yeah, do yeah, this yeah. either because there's too much of yeah. this either. That's it's, it's it's way too much. And what I've realized is they're gonna continually come up with clever ones that are just great, and there's no way I can keep up with it and I can't afford it. So oh yeah. No, nobody can, and everybody like Everybody I know who's super into chasing it. They chase yeah. it to the point that they're like broke, but like they got a ton of them and they love them. Yeah. I know a bunch of people that have walls of them. I only have one, two, three, four, five from my personal collection, but I seem to make it every gift I give is a funk. Oh, that's great. Well, that's that's, so. that's a, that touches me, so that's good. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So, yeah, so it's not well, heavy. Thank you for having me on your podcast, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course, man. Well, like I wanted to talk to somebody who's been going to the marches. You know, like, and I see that you're not That's only me. going. Exactly. No, you're going, but you're also documenting. I'm documenting it. The amount of knowledge I have learned in the last week and a half has been astounding. I'm embarrassed to say that I just wasn't, I was in my own bubble and I'm black, you know, and mm-hmm. I was in my own bubble. And just the the amount of knowledge I've gathered just from personally doing research myself and from listening to some of the protesters and reading some of the leaflets and the flyers, I was just, I was just astounded. Because somewhere in the back of our minds, we think that the people we elect, and we think that the people who are, you know, in the higher echelons of where we are, and particularly in LA, are always have our best interest at hand. And we have to tell ourselves that, but it clearly, like the dam broke. You know, like all of that information just hit the dam and it broke and now everything's flooded. I also want to throw out there to anyone listening, that Tommy's also a veteran. Yes, I am. So, I mean, hua, that's part of your hua. perspective too. Yeah. I don't, what does that mean, hua, hua? Hua is just, uh, it's, it's, like a, it's like a response to affirmative. Mm, okay. Or it could be, let's go. Or it could be, damn right. You know, it's like, I take what you say, I appreciate what you say, and I'm supporting it. Okay, you know? cool. Like, it, it's, to me, it's, it's almost like the conscience. Samoans. Because the Samoans got that like hoo ha thing that they yell. Like right, as a professional right. wrestling fan, they all yes. they all have a thing that they yell. And then like as a college football fan, there was always like a Samoan like football player like huddle that would happen like in the corner where they right. would do their own like cultural thing and they had yeah. some chanting and some like I don't want to call it a dance, but they definitely have their own way to hype themselves up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so that's what it is. It's 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 a um it's an affirmation that, you know, we hear you and we got your back and, and keep mm-hmm. it up. And do you understand? It's like capiche calm almost a little bit. Yeah. Which, which you means know, like you understand, right? Because isn't it like that's like the natural progression in my mind is if you were like in the army and you go back into society. Mm-hmm. I feel like a good chunk of those men and women go into the police force. Yeah. Because there is a similar so- structure. It's a similar structure. Ironically, my roommate from Germany, one, we were roommates for about a year. He called me two days ago. He's, he's like five feet tall. And, mm-hmm. and even in the army, we could tell that he had a little bit of um, uh, uh, insecurities because of that. Uh, he called me two weeks ago and he's like, hey, everybody's calling me a racist because I'm a cop in Boston. And I always have to tell them that one of my closest friends is black. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but you should just stop saying good. that. 
because you can't even prove it. Number one, you're going to get me on the phone with them. <laughs> like you can't <laughs> prove it. So there's no point in you saying that. You, and I don't know what's in your heart. I know that we've been friends for a very long time. I don't know what it's like mm-hmm. to be on the beat in Boston. I never had a desire to be a cop. Um, I think that it, I think that it attracts a very certain, very specific personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and based on all of these videos that we've all been flooded with, uh, you see that, you know, the, the ways that these things go left when they mm-hmm. don't even have to. I, I, there's a video I posted where a guy is standing up with his hands behind his back in front of a cop and another cop runs up behind him and jump kicks him in the back. And the guy turns around and he, he, I saw like, that. And there was like I'm a like, girl what? on the other side of the car that was like, what like, are you doing? Yeah. Right. And they were like it's trying like, to get directly in the way of her camera. Which also, like, I feel like it should be wrong for them to try to block the camera. If you're doing nothing illegal, why are you trying to block the camera in the first place? Well, that's the thing. So part of what I've, part of my own personal education over the last week and a half has been discovering what police unions are about, mm-hmm. and how powerful and almost undeconstructible they are. And yeah. learning about Jackie Lacey here in Los Angeles, who mm-hmm. I probably voted for in, in January. I don't even know, but I probably voted for her because once I said, once again, like I said, we all just assume that the people who are in these positions doing their job are doing mm-hmm. it with the best interest of you and I. Yeah. I just said to a female cop last week when I was protesting, I said, listen, on the side of every single cop car I've ever seen says to pre- protect and serve. You're talking about us, right? Mm-hmm. Not the cops. So they want to bitch and moan and complain about how I have a comic friend who has a joke about that where it goes, they all say protect and serve, but it's always in quotations, like they're being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, that's true. That's yeah, true. exactly. And like that's as true. these like last couple of weeks I'm watching, like they're just protecting serving themselves. That's, that's their true. number one thing to protect and serve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's 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 disheartening because I was just telling my friend who'd been going out with me, we're going out here later today to to go rally against uh Jackie Lacey, who I have been rallying against at every medium that I can, I'm sure the FBI will be mm-hmm. knocking on my door at some point because she's complacent, she's compliant, she's mm-hmm. complicit, and it just doesn't make sense. And the deaths that, that have happened under her watch in Los Angeles County yeah. has, has passed 500 with, with, with zero prosecutions, even when there was videotape, even when the mm-hmm. police chiefs, the police chiefs recommended prosecution of the officer. So as a black man, how, how do you expect me to think I can win in that scenario? I'm like now pulling together my veterans um, paperwork. My friend's like, dude, you should really buy it. I'm like, I don't know. If, I really don't know if I want to make that kind of commitment to Los Angeles when people can kill me or people that look like me at will and not mm-hmm. even be held accountable. Now my mom and my family is trying to figure out how they're going to either bury me in Los Angeles or bring me back to South Carolina or whatever. And the person that's responsible for my death doesn't even have to face a consequence. That's of course. Just, that's, that's, a, that's, that's the, the problem. Hard pill to swallow. Yeah, no, right. and that's the hard pill that we're all having to swallow. It's just we're like, because, you know, clearly not black, but an ally. You're like, what can I do as an ally? And it's like, okay, I can donate. I can go to a march, but what more can I do? And it's like, no, I can pay attention to who I'm voting for in this. Absolutely. Because I need to make sure that also murderers go to jail for murdering. <laughs> especially exactly. when they're murdering for like no reason. Cause like, there's just too many that are out there that are just like, still like proudly standing behind their badge. 
Yeah, but that's a gang, right? What's the difference between that and, you know, the Bloods and the Crips, like, they keep telling us that we need to fear. What's the Salary and a pension? Uh, okay, so, or let's call that security, right? Yeah. And I went off on another cop who pushed me for no reason after 10 minutes of talking, and it was a small group that was gathering, and I'm like, listen. Is this the Hollywood and Vine one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was watching that on, I don't remember if it was live or not, but I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, Tommy. Stand down. <laughs> Get someone yeah, so, in between you and him. Yeah, because he was looking at me like, I will smack you across the head with this this bayonet or whatever the hell he had. Yeah, no, I saw Not it. A bayonet, he had the bayonet um, in his hand. He was gripping yeah, yeah, it. He was, yes. And I could tell that, but, you know, you, I have the right. I wasn't being, aggre- maybe I was being aggressive in my tone, but I wasn't physically trying to like reach him or talk to him or throw anything because mm-hmm. I'm not a violent person at all. I've never been. I will defend myself, mm-hmm. but you'd have to, you have to give me a reason to do that. Um, and I don't give cops, I see cops and just automatically, I just get this, this anxiety yeah. about, you know, what could happen. I, I went home, um, I believe in January of this year and I rented a car for, from North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina airport. And I pulled out of the airport. And now I'm so used to cars where the headlights turn on by themselves mm-hmm. that I don't always remember to reach down and turn the headlights on. So this guy, this this cop stops me and he must've been 26, 27. And he was like, hey, your headlights are not on. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a rental, I'm sorry. I'll turn them on, here's my license, here's the registration. And this kid was so damn nervous. And I noticed that he was nervous. I'm like, are you cool? Like, I can't even ask that because then it seems like mm-hmm. I'm provoking something. But the truth of the matter is, I was getting, like, nervous because he was nervous for no reason. That's the way and humans it, are in all contexts. When you're around right. an anxious person, you take in that anxiety. Yeah, like, what, what, like, like, so what do you bring up to it? Do you need to call, like, another backup to come and, like, assist mm-hmm. you? But it's because we're, we, we, you know, we're putting these guys out there with no training, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to multiple ethnicities you know we watched the the philando castile being telling the officer as a card carrying member of the nra i have a gun i'm letting you know that yeah you tell me to get it i go to get it and you shoot me in front of my kid Mm. it's five so now thank you for the lifetime of trauma that she needs to is going to have to experience um so you just never know you know and i have to say on on occasion i feel a little better if it's a black cop because I feel like my 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 actions won't be misread. Yeah, and, for and, sure. And, and by the way, there are no actions. It's just my words, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know for I mean? sure. The so, tone. But I also heard, tone. if anyone's listening, I heard that part of being the ally, especially if, hopefully when this gets released next week, the marches are still happening, everything, the protests, I believe they will be, is to walk in between the cops and the other protesters because they're less likely to mess with somebody like me than they are with you. Yeah, it's when I, the, the very first, so this is how this happened. Let's go back in a minute talking about this. I got a call from my friend. I, I've been shooting mask downtown LA and I left the mm-hmm. Friday before last. I heard the helicopters. I'm like, I'm going home. I didn't, I didn't even correlate it to marching. And then the next day, my friend says, hey, do you want to go march? And I'm like, for, for police brutality and Black Lives Matter. I'm like, you know, I did that in Hollywood a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of marching. I'm tired of marching. It, it seems like people march for a day, so I'm not. I'm not going to go march. That was that Saturday, and then I felt compelled to go march. 
that mm-hmm. Saturday. So I went down and I met my friend Jeffrey and it was great. And we were walking, marching, and then the cops showed up and that's when it just went left. And you could actually see video um, at 3rd and Fairfax where they just started shooting rubber bullets and tear gas on us. And I started seeing that. Just, and I wanted to ask you about that since you're on yeah. the scene for that. Yeah. Was it completely peaceful when they shot it into was, this crowd? It was completely peaceful. Actually, and let me clarify something. They didn't shoot directly into the crowd. They were shooting okay. at the ground. But Good. the shrapnel was popping up. Yeah, of course. And, As and it hitting does. People, so they didn't shoot into the crowd. But they were hitting people with batons. Yeah. And that was it was completely peaceful before that. Mm-hmm. And the this, this same thing happened, I can't even remember what, two days later when I was marching in Hollywood, it was a peaceful march until they showed up restricting people's movements. Mm-hmm. And it happened again once the curfew got into place. So, so I've been marching ever since. And once the curfew got lifted and, lifted and they stopped uh, obscuring people, the pathway, good Guatemala, there's, there's been no more looting. There's been no more destruction. There's been no more... Exactly. I fatality. only really saw looting that first 48 hours. Yeah, and that was crazy. I mean, we were walking down Melrose, and we saw people breaking glass, and, mm-hmm. and, and me and a group of people around the area, which, this guy comes out with two huge armfuls of clothes at a G-Star's window, and we're like, dude, we're not here for that. Like, yeah. And he didn't, he didn't even take anything. He just dropped it in the middle of the street. Hmm. So it was really bothersome that that was, bidding, was being sort of coupled with the actual message of what we were trying to get across. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, and then and then it happened in Santa Monica and I saw all kinds of people looting, including white guys taking surfboards. But then I have a surfer friend that said to me that they got called out. If they showed up to surf, they got really called out and said, you better return that shit. So mm, good. I'm sorry. Can I use profanity on your podcast? Yeah, of course you can. Okay. Okay. I try to be respectful. But um, it's just, you know, my a friend of mine got really pissed at me, a black friend of mine. He's like, dude, what about people's jobs? And what about people, you know, whose grandmothers have to work at this, some of these places? I mm-hmm. said, burn it down. Yeah. You know, Mark Jacob will be fine. CBS, they have insurance out of the wazoo. They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I don't condone it. I wouldn't do it. But I'm not going to let a building ever, ever, get in the place of how I feel about my people and what's happened to them. You know, so now everybody who's woke, everybody's getting woke, right? And, when, and you mm-hmm. have to appreciate it. But then you have that segment of people that want to know, yeah, what about, you know, black on black crime, which has actually diminished tremendously in the last 10 years. Still a problem, but we can, we'll discuss that and handle that in its own time. Mm-hmm. And what about, you know, black fathers being in the home, which really pisses me off because all of these laws and you know black guys been thrown in jail for 10 years for marijuana charges you, yeah, you exactly. weren't worried about black fathers in the home you weren't worried about black fathers in the home when you were auctioning off black men to certain mm-hmm. crops so don't don't sure. now all of a sudden want to make that the buttress of your argument because that really irritates me and then once you throw people a couple knowledgeable things they usually shut up well, yeah, nobody no- wants to continue a fight they see themselves losing. You know, right. like in chess, when you can see that five moves away, you're going to be dead, you can give up. You can forfeit. 
That's right. That's right. That's a good. Yeah, and it's the same thing in a regular argument. You can be like, "Oh wait, I can already see why I'm getting backed into a corner. Can I just forfeit this now? Yeah, you guys can just kill me now." And I, you know, and I, I respect that, you know, and you know, I had a, a a white kid, 23 years old, say to me right before the protesting, but right after George Floyd, that he is like, I, I don't feel like I have a voice. I feel like I'm this white kid, blonde hair, blue mm-hmm. eyes. Everybody's just gonna think da 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 da. And I said, well, you, he goes, and his girlfriend keeps hashtagging all this stuff, and I'm like, well, yeah, you know what it feels like to be choked out, right? We all do. Because we all had a friend that played too rough in school. Or we all mm-hmm. were in a situation where we were wrestling with somebody and we got it, our air circuit got cut off. I remember as a teenager, when we figured out you could do that. We did it to each other. We all yeah. took turns getting choked right. out and passing and out. It's, and it becomes scary. Yeah. You, you, you know, you had that rowdy friend that didn't quite know when to let up. So I said, so that's the experience first. We can get to race. But that, you know what it's like to need air. and Your body's demanding yeah. it and you cannot provide that so start there two days later i found out his girlfriend was black i didn't ask the question and i just mm-hmm. assumed that she was white you know mm-hmm. so he and i are actually going to go live and have a conversation about that because that started me to thinking about god people out here that don't feel like they have a voice and your mm-hmm. voice aaron marsh might get heard quicker louder and deeper than mine because people are just going to think it's trite coming from me because all I do is talk about, you know, equality. Well, yeah, because it's and voting for yourself versus me just voting for morality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of the difference. Because I, uh, you know, like Malcolm X is a hero of mine. I don't know if you knew that. I, I have did a, not know that. I have a tattoo of him on my chest and everything. Oh, wow. I did not know oh, that. Like, you, oh, you know yeah. He's I always a, liked you. There you can just tell just something. Across and you just innately always since i've met you mm-hmm. and it's just been genuine and i've always been sort of in tune to that and i think i've told you that before and it's the truth yeah thank you um <laughs> yeah. but like part of what in his book there was a part where there was a college student that approached him and asked how could she be an ally and he said move out the way <laughs> and then at the end of his book there was is there any regret about how you went through it and he goes that college student i didn't realize that we could have used these allies and now yeah. and we should have you know, like, yeah. in my mind, it was just like, no, you guys were all one thing. And it wasn't like, no, every if we got both sides of it together, we could then just make the people that are hating the minority. Yes. You know, like, and that's, and that's what's happening now that I think it's so beautiful. Like, I wish that he could see this. You know, yeah. where you're just like, oh, no, look, like, the thing that you wish, your big regret in the 60s is now a present day reality. And it's right. absolutely beautiful and it's super cool. And it actually feels like it's moving because it's now like, no, no, no. If you're not on the Black Lives Matter movement, you're in the minority. Right. Like, how can you even defend the position? Right. You know, like, and that's why it feels like things are actually changing. And it's, and it's, yes, it does. And it's long overdue. And I've been overwhelmed with emotion uh, multiple times when I see the convictions of people that are out there that don't look mm-hmm. like me. Because I think as far as, you know, yes, we're tired of the police brutality and all, and all of that, but a lot of us want to move forward. We want to get past. Yes. Yeah. We want to be a nation of- I think we want to see of, positive of progression within our generation. We want Absolutely. to be able to look back when we're 80 years old and be like, oh, you know what we did that changed the world for a lot better? This. You know, like, and also now that like everything is completely integrated and everyone's interracially dating and everything, 
that it's not like we don't have that separation of just like, oh, that's their problem. You're like, well, no, I don't want my girlfriend or my friend to like just end up murdered because they were pulled over and their and their driver's license was suspended. Like he, they should get the regular ticket that everyone else gets. Yeah, get a um, ticket, go to court, yeah. put me up on a yeah. I have a friend. The regular due process. I want everyone to get yes. the regular due process, along with the police, by the way. And that's part of the problem is the police officers are not getting the due process. They're just protected. I mean, you know, so like I like I said, the the amount of education I just l- learned over the last week mm-hmm. and a half, I learned that you know Jackie Lacey was running. She was primaried in January. Mm-hmm. Now, had she got fifty percent of the primary vote, she would not have had to go to a standoff. Mm-hmm. Are you following? So yeah. she did not get fifty percent because, not because, but. Because the, because the police unions so want to keep her in place, mm-hmm. so she's an ally for them. They gave her a million dollars, you know, for ads to, to for that end, so she wouldn't have to be primaried. Even with the million dollars, I guess people were more knowledgeable than me. She did not get fifty percent, which is amazing. Yeah. So now she has to be primaried by George Gascon. Um. So he's going to be on the ballot with her in um, November. Perfect. And um, I've just been an advocate because I don't think, because we have to send a message to these cops. Like you do the wrong thing mm-hmm. and you're going to be held accountable. Oh, trust me. They're seeing the message and they're scared shitless. And that's why they're they should going be. nuts at these protests is because yeah. these protests are against their job perk for the last 50, 60 every years. Maybe, you know what? That's way too low. Their job perk since the beginning of police is that they don't have to actually abide by the law. And they're afraid well, to give that up. And yeah, that's the time to give it up. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a little bit older than you are. I know you can't mm-hmm. tell, but it's true. It's true. We've, so we've talked the numbers re- before. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I was raised in Columbia, South Carolina. And I don't remember the cops being as militant as they are now. Like, and the cops weren't as prevalent. Like you, mm-hmm. you call the cop and you didn't feel, you felt like the cop was going to show up, do his job and be done. Mm. Now it's like this fear. A lot of black people don't call the cops out of fear of what happened, what might happen to them. Mm-hmm. And if you're, ser- if you're serving the people, why is that even a thing? Yeah, that's true. I guess um, I've only really known a militant police force. Because, like, um, maybe yeah. they were around a bit in the 80s, but by the time I was really meeting police officers and remembering it, it was the 90s. And that yeah. was a tense time for police. Yeah, they were bad. And then that's when they got real bad. And then across the board, I mean, we saw, I think Rodney King was 1992. You know, was yeah. it 92? I looked that up just because when the looting started, uh, I wanted to look up some of the riot stuff then. Oh, that's right. It was like compare. 30 years. Right. Yeah. So it was, so even that, you know, the injustice was, yes. The, I can't remember how many cops beat him, but it was a lot of cops. Nobody stopped it, and they were found not guilty. But let's go to exactly. Ahmad Arbery for one second. That's the one that had me crying before, to set this whole thing off. And then you had that chick in Central Park, and then you had George Floyd. And it's just like, oh my God, dude! Like what? Like, mm-hmm. like you are making me turn into the thing, the very thing you're telling people to be afraid of. I actually feel myself turning into that because I'm pissed, I'm angry, I'm upset, yeah. I'm quick tempered, I'm quick to respond. I might mush you in the face, which might cause me to get the police called on me, which might cause me to have my life taken from me. 
because I'm sick of the injustices. Even the Ahmad, uh, the Ahmad Arbery situation, the cops in Georgia had that videotape the day that it happened. Yeah. They told that boy's mother that he was a suspect in a burglary. It wasn't until two months later that the dad in that video, who released it, by the way, because he thought he got away with murder, mm-hmm. and we saw it, that it caused all this chaos in the, in the United States. Because we saw, yet again, somebody who was stopped three times by just jogging. Mm-hmm. Like, I took it personally. Yeah. I go here to uh, uh, Silver Lake and I jog. And I always tell people, I said, you know, when I jog, and not just when I jog, but when I go out in my life, if you ask me the last three or four days, I can tell you exactly where I was. I can tell you what time. I can tell you what camera should have saw where I was because it's just hmm. innately in me. I could tell you at least three or four different people that I saw and what they were driving because I never know when I'm going to fit the description of somebody that's being looked for. Oh, yeah. That's something I've never thought about or worried about. Mm-hmm. Like when my sister called, she's married to a police officer. And so mm-hmm. she was like in this weird middle. Yes. And so I was like, hey, it's kind of like, you know, how you're a female and like a pretty female. So you live in a different world than I live in. I never leave the house and I'm never afraid of like, is that man following me? That man's just walking behind me. You're worried. Is that man following me? Right. Now, black Americans have a whole different set of circumstances that they consistently have that cloud to worry about that I don't have to worry about either. You know, like if a police officer, not even when I'm driving, if I'm walking down the street and a police officer makes a left-hand turn and just stops, I'm like, oh, he must be checking his phone or his radio. You know? (laughs) I was like, but I bet you some other people are very tense, you know? Like, and they're just like, oh, shit. Is this the end of me? Right. Which is, what a a different world. I know it's the exact same street, the exact same scenario, but different world. Um, world. Before we run out of time, I'm not going to have you on without you talking about the Black Hollywood Book Project. Uh, Which, which... I'm very excited about, but has not rendered the attention that I thought it should based on the Mm -hmm. amount of work I've put into it. So we'll start by saying this. So yes, I'm a photographer and I recreate these really cool scenes from movies and iconic images with black celebrities long before Black Lives Matter was the hashtag and Austin is so white. Yeah, for years. For years. Yeah, how long Um, has it been going on? I have been shooting, I think February makes 10 years that I've been shooting. Okay. And I always thought that if I did the work and the work was good, which, you know, I'm biased, but I think it is good, um, you know, it'll get the attention. And and not to take away from any of the 65 people that shot for me, including um, Shamar Moore and Lauren London and Garcelle Bouvet and Marla, TV legend Marla Gibbs and Cheryl Underwood, who I'm sure you might be familiar with because she's, she's a comedian. She's super funny. Mm-hmm. Co-host of The Talk. Um, yeah, of course. And just major, major, major people, you know, and, and, you know, I got an agent who up until yesterday hmm. uh, was like, you know, we need some bigger names. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm ready to go. And yes, I would love to have Will Smith and Dana Pickett Smith and Kerry Washington and Denzel Washington and all the Beyonce and Jay-Z and all these folks. But, you know, I'm ready to go as it is. I think it's ready. Are you, do you think it's ready? I think it's ready. So I kind of like put it on the back burner a little bit because I was just irritated. And then lo and behold, in the world that we're now in, where everybody's woke mm-hmm. all of a sudden, oh, I think we could capitalize on this. And I'm like, okay, that pisses me off because mm-hmm. the work hasn't changed. So, of course so not. 
are you capitalizing? What are you capitalizing on? Are you capitalizing on the fact that I'm black? It's a black oriented book for all people, not just black people. Because that says to me that that you you don't have a conviction about the work. You just want to make a buck, which I understand. But this is my they have life to put work. something in there. The way your friend was like, I have to sh- say that I have a black friend. They need to be yeah. like, I got a black client with some black stuff. Come on, bring it on in. That's we exactly need it for the right. window. Yeah, we need it. We need it for the win. Is that what you say? For the window. <laughs> for <laughs> to the put window. it in and be like, look, we're. Yeah. Yeah, but it's cool. I mean, if your listeners want to check it out, it's a great YouTube channel. Yes. You see all these behind-the-scenes videos, and it's a great Instagram. Which also, I know you're mad about that, but it didn't change the sincerity of your work for that 10 years. I know that Absolutely. it took them that 10 years to have the window where they're like, oh, maybe now. You know, like if short people got in all of a sudden, they're like, what about now, Aaron? I will be <laughs> mad, but I will walk through that door. You know, you're like, I did put it in work. Yeah, that's me. But I, but I won't walk through that door without the people knowing how I feel about it. Of course. And and what I just said to you, I said to her in a slightly different way, because I, mm-hmm. I, I told her, I said, I felt myself falling out of love with it. But then this whole movement happened. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, like I said, everybody's woke and all the every apology that I keep reading from these people who said something two, three, four or five years ago, I know was bullshit when they said it. Yeah. You know, but it was except all these microaggressions, uh, always like us as black people, what are we going to do? We have to sort of, if you don't chuckle it off, then the people think you're way too sensitive about race. And I'm like, you damn right, because you don't have to be. Really quick story. Mm-hmm. I re- there, was a, there was a Christmas party at, at Coyote Studios like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy dating a girl there and the girl was from Russia. And he made a, a little joke about my blackness, which always seems to come up in multiple groups for no reason. I have no idea. We can elaborate on that another time. But I got really, really pissed about it. And because I was in a Christmas party, I was trying to have a good time and I didn't need that at that moment. So he and I kind of got a little bit rowdy. She's like, you know, Tommy, you need to calm down. I grew up in Russia and everybody had blonde hair and I had dark hair and they made me you know, self-conscious about thinking about it. So I know how you feel. I said, no, you don't. I said, I hear you. Mm-hmm. But how many people are going to remind you of that tonight? That's the difference. Yeah. So go ahead, go ahead and miss me with that nonsense and get out of my face too, because I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so now I think that even if people want to make those kinds of comments, they'll probably think twice about it, which I'm really happy about. Yeah, I think they should. You know, like I, that's, I'm really interested to see once the whole world opens up how some of that stuff, some of it's going to be a little like overcompensated. You know, you're going to see the people that are just a little too openly woke and some, and it's just going to, I don't know, it's going to open up a lot of good doors. I hope so. It has to. I hope so. Because it's like, because, and I think part of that is. We've seen a tipping point now. We've seen a tipping point and I need my allies that look like you who are out there. Like, listen, some of these little white girls are, are fearless on the mm-hmm. front lines and i'm like holy crap you know they've you never know, had like, consequence they, yeah and, my, and we're marching in the march and somebody goes they don't seem to shoot white women accidentally no no white woman gets yep. shot accidentally so yeah. use that and use that voice for mm-hmm. you know for the people that you know i think we're all just tired of it man i just happen to yeah. look like the people that that it, it's happening to i feel like 
my whole generation has been tired of it our whole lives. And we're at a point now where we're like adults and we're like, no, when do we get the power to change this? And that's two weeks ago. And we couldn't be exactly. more thrilled. And we're so happy. Like, that's the biggest thing I love about all of this. This is like, yeah. this is when my generation takes over. My dad's generation stops. And all the things we've wanted to change forever are going to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a reason the gay this. marriage got like legal a couple years ago because like we got that sort of power to come in. And now yeah. Black Lives Matter, we're going to take care of some of that problem. I know mean, nothing is going to be a perfect solution, yes. but to feel the progress in it and to feel like that you pushed the stone to do it is such a great place to be right now. Can you believe that we're talking about equality in 2020? Like people fighting for equality? Overdue. Come on. I know it's, it's stupid because you're like, wait a second. We celebrate Martin Luther King Day every year, but <laughs> yeah, that's but we're still also like trying to say why we should be allowed to protest Black Lives Matter. How can you celebrate that and try to argue the other side? Yes, because you keep giving people tidbits. I don't know how much yeah. time we have, but I do want to say this before we go. Um, I will not, I will no longer accept anybody's response to not knowing what's going on. I think America at large wants a country full mm -hmm. of dummies. And I think they're getting that, not to offend anybody, but, you know, I got, yeah, I just photographed this kid that was like, I want to be a, you know, I want to do a sex tape and be famous. And I'm like, well, who are you going to get to be in a sex tape with you? It might work if it's Kylie Jenner. But you should probably have other aspirations. And if you yeah. can tell me how many Instagram followers you have within three or five, four or five, then you should be able to tell me who your councilman is. And like I said, I'm guilty of it as well. So I would just implore people to learn to vote and to, you know, give it to the give it to them at the ballots. You know, that's where our yeah. voices are heard. Yeah, that and right now the protests and the marches, which you're going the to them every day, marches. right? Absolutely. I'll be out there momentarily because Jackie Lacey is what got to go. Tommy, Garrell, Augustus. I've known him now for, I think, three and a half, four years. Always been awesome. We met at work. We both work at Coyote. And he's kind of like one of the employees that graduated on that we all look up to in the sense that he, like, works one or two days. Like, he works when we need him. Like, he's, like, last due because he's been there for a long time. He's become a professional photographer. And with all of that, like, he, like, gets, you know, like, all the perks of working around all that photo equipment out there working so we like we like to see it you know he shows up on a lot of shoots does a lot of good work and of course his own personal project black hollywood book project on instagram it's all of those words together in full at black hollywood book project check it out because you know it was celebrating the black culture in hollywood and trying to represent it harder and it's now become a documentation of black lives matter and it's awesome. It's beautiful. Check it out. You can find him, of course, at Corell Augustus, also on Instagram, C-A-R-R-E-L-L-A-G-U-S-T-U-S, -L -L at Corell Augustus. That's his personal page. At Black Hollywood Brook Project is what he, that's just what, it's been his life for like the last 10 years. It's been his passion. 
I know I put a B in Brooke there, but that's just because I am a marble mouth. You know I meant book project. Don't get do this to me. Of course, I remind you guys like every other episode, maybe two out of every three episodes. If you like this podcast, thank you very much. Subscribe to it. Review it. Leave comments about it. I love all of that stuff. It helps our ranking. The thing you can do to help out this podcast the most is rate, review, subscribe. Share it on your social medias when you have an episode that you really like, one that touches you. Go ahead and share it and be like, hey, this is a good talk about what's happening, you know, right out there for Black Lives Matter or like the suicide episode. You know, like that got some shares where people are like, this touched me and affected me because it's something I've gone through and here you go. That kind of stuff, you know, like, go ahead, please share it. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me, I gotta be me, what else can I be but what I am? I'll go it alone, that's how it must be, I can't be right for anyone else if I'm not right for me, I've got to be free, I gotta be free, Try to do it all night